Hallelujah. Come on, Jesus. He's here, isn't he? He's here. We just need to celebrate his presence. Celebrate his presence among us. Thank you, Lord. So I woke up this morning, and, and first thing on my mind, I said, well, Lord, what's, what, what are we going to do today? He said, well, let me give you some far-out stuff. For those of you that may be new to us, we do some weird stuff around here. Uh, and I say that in a, in a good sense uh, because uh, when, you, when you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, it tends to be um, very um, disrupting to the flesh. And so things like that tend to happen uh, among us. We've already had several of those uh, instances I've observed uh, this morning. Thank you. Thank you, brother, for disrupting me. <laughs> he said he wasn't being disruptive, but thanks for the uh, mm -hmm. holy water. <laughs> holy water in my soul. I know we the kingdom says holy water on my skin. But one of my colleagues in ministry said, no, I want the holy water in my soul. Yeah. That, that makes us soul brothers and sisters. So anyway, the Holy Spirit woke me up this morning and said, when, or when I was waking up, um, said, um, you know, it, it's great. Well, he, here's the way he appealed to me. He said, um, you know, you're part of a holy nation. Uh, we've been doing this series on holy. Um, how many know the flesh just doesn't want to be holy? <laughs> but we're part of a holy nation, he says. That's 1 Peter chapter 2. He says, we're, you're a holy nation. You're a royal priesthood. You've been called for, to show forth his praise, to get excited about him. And I thought, well, hmm, what are some instances? And immediately... This thought came to me. It's a, it's a little strange, but go with me. Just indulge me. Uh, he says, um, you know when you see uh, Gator fans, Florida Gator fans, leave a football game? They're part of, everybody knows what this means, don't we? We all know what that means. And if you're, I won't leave Florida State out. If you're a Seminole, you know, you do this. I see some of you already doing that. But I'm a Gator fan, so is it, and we're part of Gator Nation. And they always come out when they win. When they win, how many understand we're on the winning team? But when the Gators win, they come out and say, it's great to be a Florida Gator. Said it's great to be a Florida Gator. Yeah, so you're going, good, go with me. Because the Holy Spirit said, well, why don't Christians celebrate the fact that they're spirit-filled and they're on the winning team? You've already won. So he said, it's great. To be a spirit-filled Christian said it's great to be a spirit. Great to be a spirit-filled Christian said it's yeah, 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 yeah. Give him a praise. We ought to praise him. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we stand poised here this morning, kind of on the precipice of faith. We wonder whether or not we want to jump off. It's, 
It's great to be a Christian. We enjoy that. It's been a tough week this week for some of us, hasn't it? Been a tough couple of years. But we can celebrate what Christ has already accomplished on our behalf and that we get to move into his presence by and through faith. The Holy Spirit's already preached my message this morning because some of the interpretations were, were, were consecrated. He's wanting us to be committed. We're called. But then Linda said the word in the interpretation this morning. He said, get, get this, get this, because here's, this is really where I'm going with the message this morning. Here's the phrase she said, transform us according to your glory. Wow. That's a mouthful right there. Transform us according to your glory. God says, I want you to be holy because I am holy. I want you to take on my nature and learn my character. Jesus said, come learn of me because I'm meek and lowly. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So here we are this morning looking at this thing called holy. We've talked about the holy, the gardener returns. He's, he's back. He's back. Aren't you glad he's back? He's back. And then we talked about the last time, the Lamb's agenda. This is turning into a pretty deep series for me because I want to know holy. I want to know holy. I don't want to talk about holy. I want to know it. I want to experience the relationship that he has for me. So what happens? This morning, it's, it's, it's sort of a, a, a compilation of a testimony. When glory shows up in me, when glory shows up in you and I, what happens when glory shows up? Transform us, Lord, according to your glory. Because you've already done some dangerous stuff this morning. It's dangerous when you start singing the type of stuff that you sing. Our worship team led us prophetically into the presence of the Lord and said, Come down, spirit, when you move. We've invited him to come. He said, Invite me and I'll come. You build me a throne of praise and I'll come sit on it. I'll inhabit your praise. And then we said, oh, and this was dangerous. Here's the dangerous part. Spirit, break out. Break our walls down. Ow. Because th- there are things that I'm holding on to in my flesh that I don't want to let go of. There are things that my, my flesh ensnares and entraps me into. So the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm going to transform you this morning according to my glory. Hallelujah. When holy shows up. Yeah. So we're living by faith. Here, I'm going to go way back and date myself. This is out of the old Tennessee Music and Printing Publishing Company. It's called the Redback Hymnal. Has anybody ever sang out of the Redback? 
Now, you're old-fashioned. Bless God. Somebody said, well, you got a word this morning? Yes, I've got a God-sent, sin-killing, devil-skedaddling word from the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's what the pastor I grew up under used to say. It's God-sent, sin-killing, devil-skedaddling. Oh, yeah. But this goes way back, the Redback Hymnal. Here's, here, and it's called, a song called Living by Faith. Anybody ever heard of that song? Living by Faith? Listen to this lyric. Here's the first verse. I care not today what tomorrow may bring If shadow or sunshine or rain The Lord I know ruleth o'er everything And all of my worry is vain Living by faith in Jesus above Trusting, confiding in his great love From all harm safe in his sheltering arms I'm living by faith and I feel no alarm Come on somebody we're living by faith. So then I got a little more contemporary with it. That's way back. That's read back in. But then there was one that said, faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Bum, bottom, faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Mm, 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 mm. You don't need a whole lot. Just use what you got. Faith. Faith, faith, just a little bit of faith. Say it with me. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. You don't need a whole lot. Just use what you got. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Da da bam. Yeah. Sometimes you have to create your own orchestra. <laughs> Big band sound. Let's dive deeper into the Word of God by faith. We're going there by faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to dive a little deeper into the testimony of the Word. When glory shows up in me. Let's look at verse 17. The whole chapter is really, is brilliant. Paul does, Paul does a, 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 a brilliant uh, exposition of what Christ has accomplished for us, but he parallels Old Covenant, Old Testament Covenant with New Testament Covenant, and he talks about, the, in earlier verses, how the children of Israel were stiff-necked, hard-hearted, and sin ruled and ran rampant in that nation. Uh, can we relate to those times? Do, do we live among people who are blinded to the purposes of God? They're hard-hearted, they're stiff-necked, they're a rebellious people. It's only those who have had the blinds, blinders lifted that can see clearly 
Paul says we see through a glass darkly. We see in part. But we'll, we're coming to the understanding of it. We're getting all of it. And I'm, if, if time will permit, I'll lay a whole lot of stuff on you this morning. But we'll come back at a later time and unpack it as we move through it. Because there's some stuff. If, you, if we're going to go deeper into consecration and commitment and relationship... There's some things, some truths that have to be released in us that we need to get a hold of via the Word of God. And Paul says, you're, here's, here's where, where you are in the culture. Don't succumb to the wokeness of the culture. Don't succumb to political correctness. Don't give in to the opinions of of man. Don't give in. God wants to engage us in his word. We use that word engage and encounter a lot, but God wants us to get engaged in his word. Something uh, when when we talked about a few Sundays ago the the gardener returning there's something unique that God did uh, in the Garden of Eden when he created mankind. His glory in the garden before sin entered the human family was uncontested. Can, can, we can't even begin to fathom the thought of the uncontested glory of God. Because our minds and our souls are being bombarded with so many opinions that are vying for our consideration. But God wants us to get a hold of the glory of being at home with him and in his continued presence. The center of where I'm going is about worship. Worship. I'm not talking about what, the, what our praise team does when they lead us in, into the presence of the Lord. They invite us to come. I'm talking about the idea of worship. Get this. What it, worship is this. The point at which my worth and identity is shaped are formed by a relationship with God and obedience to his word or opinion. In obedience to his word. God is taking his word and shaping my identity. The opinion. How many understand this is God's opinion concerning you? This is his opinion of you. Now, we listen to everybody else's opinion. You know, we've heard, oh, that's your opinion and you're entitled to it. But as believers, God says, here's my opinion concerning you and this is what you need to adopt as your plan for life, as your, the authoritative rule in your life. In other words, God has the final word on who and what I am. Does anybody get a hold of that? 
God has the final word on who you are. Not somebody else. Not some other influ- outside influence. God has the final authority on who you are and what you are. And so we're going to look at this, this word glory this morning. Transform us, Lord, according to your glory. Transform us. Transform us according to your glory. Hallelujah. Would you just stretch your hand this way? Pray over me and I'll pray over you. Father, give this body words to receive, words to hear. Those who have ears, let them hear what the Spirit of the Lord says to the church today. In Jesus' name, we give you glory and honor and praise. Transform us in your presence. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. This word glory or glorify simply means the reputation or essence of a thing. It's where we get our word doxa. It's the Greek word doxa where we get the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen, so be it, Lord. My life is one infusion by the Holy Spirit and the glory of God. It's completely the essence or becoming the essence of all God desires me to be. The reputation or essence of a thing. Glory or glorify God. Now, look at verse 17 of 2 Corinthians 3. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as By the Spirit of the Lord. Wow. We with unveiled face. See, Moses, when he came down off the mountain, he had the tablets. Some of us refer to them as tablets of stone. But when you look at the translation, the the original translation, it was the tablets of testimony. They were known as the tablets of testimony. And they were, they were known that because this was God's opinion concerning the people. But he had to cover his face because he had been in the presence of the Lord. And when he came down off the mountain, his glory shone because the glory or the presence, the essence of the Lord was upon him and he had to cover his face. But now the scripture says, we with unveiled face, we can take off the covering. We can take off the veil. We can take off the restraints. We can take off the hindrances that hold us back. We with unveiled face can behold the glory and the presence of the Lord. The essence or reputation of a thing. To glorify then means 
The radiant di dissemination of the thing. The radiance. You ought to light it. You ought to, oh my, here, here comes another. Here's, here's a song. <clears throat> the, the radiant dissemination of a thing. You light up my life. Re really, shouldn't he? You give me hope to carry on. Did you like that chromatic? That was really, that's good. You music majors ought to appreciate the chromatics. You give me hope to carry on. You light up my days and fill my nights with song. He gives us a song to sing in the midnight hour. It's great to be a spirit-filled Christian. We're radiating the glory with his presence, his essence, his image. So then, transformation, transform us, Lord, according to your glory. Transformation, then, is the never-ending journey of becoming. The never-ending journey of becoming. That's, that's transformation. Transformation is the effect of glory. It is being changed, the state of existence in him. In him. Notice he says, in him, not outside of him. If you're trying to do it outside of him, it's not going to work. Everything has to be in him, by him, through him, and for him, and to him. Hallelujah. That's what we mean when we say we're going to give God what he wants around here. All of this happens in our, the formation or the shaping of our worth. It's what worship is. Worth-ship. God, when, you're, when we're worshiping and we're, we're lifting praise to him, or we be, we're being exhorted by the elders to be consecrated, to be committed, to enter into this covenant community that the Holy Spirit has formed here, this is happening in the presence of the Lord because God is determining and shaping our worth and giving us our identity in him. Your identity comes from him, not the opinions of man. Well, everybody has one and they're going to... As a matter of fact, you're sitting here listening to me this morning. You're formulating an opinion right now. Do I want to listen to this guy? Or not? Is he saying anything of value? Anything that's going to interest me, that's going to pique my interest? Well, I hope I got you at the hook, the opening statement. It's great to be a spirit-filled Christian. It really is. Even when we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, David said, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. Follow me. Somebody's on your trail. Somebody's after you. Somebody's following you. Who is it? Goodness and mercy. Hallelujah. 
Because when you get mercy, you get the favor of the Lord and you get the expressed essence of his presence in the form of his love for you that imparts his grace in you. So that the grace of the Lord, because of his mercy, can push back against the temptation of sin and, and its onslaught to try to kill, steal, and destroy from you. But Jesus said, hold on. That's what the thief has come to do. But those with unveiled faces that have entered the presence of my glory, here's what you come to understand. That no weapon formed against you can prosper. All those who rise up in accusation against you, every word is going to fall to the ground because here's what the prophet said. I know the plan I have for you, says the Lord. It's planned to give you hope and a future and an expected end or outcome. That's the transforming work of the Holy Spirit. So how does this work happen inside of me? I don't claim any final authority on the matter, no final word. But what I want to say that follows, I want to offer to you as suggestions for your consideration. For you to look at. For you to dive deep into them. I want to pique your interest this morning in what the word of the Lord has said. So here goes. Mercy is God refusing to accept my opinion of me above his opinion of others or of me. Mercy is God refusing. God refuses to... I always love to hear what um, Dan Moeller used to say when uh, we, had a, we had a love conference. It was a... a, a Few, few years back, power and love. Some of you were there. And Dad, Dan would always say when they would pair us up at lunchtime and send us out in groups of three or four to go to Walmart or to the mall or Publix and just ask people if we could pray over them. And so many people were astonished. They were astounded that somebody wanted to, wanted to pray and when we'd walk up to people and say, could we pray over you? Oh, I'm not worthy. I'm, I'm too mean. I'm too, I'm too hateful. I'm, too, I'm just not worthy of the love of God. And here's, here's what Dan would always say with a smile on his face. You know, God seemed to think you were worth the blood of his son, Jesus. God seemed to think you were worth the blood of his son, Jesus. And none of us None of us have been excommunicated because of who we are. We are his creation. We are the recipients of his mercy. God has refused to accept my opinion of me. Do you know sometimes we're our own worst enemy? Uh-huh. We're our own worst enemy. Why? Because we listen to the opinions of others above the opinion of God concerning us. Now, if mercy is God refusing to accept my opinion of me, then confession, confession, everybody say confession. Okay, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness, the blood of his son 
cleanses us, makes us righteous, sets us in right standing with God. Confession then is me accepting God's opinion of me above my opinion of me. You see, confession is our response to God's mercy. You didn't get what you should have got. You should have gotten death. You should have gotten judgment. But instead you were, instead you were shown mercy. You received mercy. And when you confess God's divine act of pursuing you, then God responded. Confession is the point at which mercy becomes an active agent of new possibilities in my life. Confession is the point at which mercy becomes an active agent of new possibilities in my life. I like the sound of that. New possibilities, new considerations. Notice what he says um, in John chapter 14, verse 26. But the helper, our comforter, our advocate, our counselor, our strengthener, our intercessor, our standby, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things. Now, I'm kind of doing a little bit of both this morning. I'm teaching. Remember, I said, teaching, you teach it. Preaching, you yell it. So I'm kind of doing what one, one of my colleagues said one time. I'm screeching. A little speak, a little teach, a little preach. So I'm depending on the Holy Spirit to help you get this. Can I tell you this morning as a student of the Word... I don't get all of it yet. It's so vast. God's ways are so high, so broad, and so deep. They're past finding out. In other words, if you're bored with God, you're not taking a look in this book long enough to find out his opinion of you and his identity that he placed inside of you and understand the expansive reach that he's poured into your life and how he desires for you to have his word written on your heart. He wants it written on your heart. Said another way, confession is ultimately the real-time interface with the possibilities of God's word as it is being written on my heart. Real time, the real-time events of life. Go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 25. Paul's writing here and he says, Of this, church, I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God, that is, the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations, but has now been made manifest to his saints. 
to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is, which is, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Wow. He's in me? Yes. He said, it's no longer going to be written on tablets of testimony. Now I'm going to write it on your heart. I'm going to tattoo it there. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You've been tattooed by the Holy Ghost. He's writing it on your heart. And most of the time, he's doing things that we're even unaware of. He's working behind the scenes. Things are behind us. Things are around us. He's marshaled an army. He's garrisoned a force that is fighting the fight of faith with us on our behalf. For we are laborers together with God. Can I tell you mercy exists even if you never respond to it? Mercy exists. You don't have to respond. But it's still available. He's still there. He's still working on our behalf. But let me tell you something. When you respond to mercy, you stand at the threshold of transformation. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Don't be conformed to the things of this world. Why? Because you're not of this world. So stop trying to act like it. Stop trying to hold hands with the world and say you live for God at the same time. Let it go. I heard a lady say Friday, I was watching a service, she was a Bible teacher, and she said, your worst enemy is right between your two arms. And she said, as long as you're holding hands with, the, with it and you won't release yourself, to all that God has for you, you'll never become the transformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed. Now, I'm, I understand. I get it. We want, we want fire, burn, break, fire. Let me tell you something. If the fire of God ever hit some of us, you'd explode. I mean, I'm talking about the true fire. You can't get around fire and it not manifest. Fire will manifest. And it's going to manifest in very real ways. You're going to start doing some of those weird things that I talked about at the beginning of this message. Like God's, when God said to Moses when he encountered him in the burning bush, Take your shoes off, boy. You're on holy ground. It's going to manifest. How does it manifest? It starts the transformation process. God in me. But God, I don't understand all this. You don't have to understand it. He'll reveal it to you. As you continue to walk out the journey of faith. As you continue to live it out. Here's, 
here's something the Lord gave me. Brandon, when you said that a minute ago, I didn't want to release, release it then because I wanted it to be in, framed in the context of transformation. But I was glad I waited because when the message in tongues and interpretation, how many understand when message in tongues and interpretation comes, it's for the edification of the body? It is to remind us of the redemptive, finished, accomplished work of Christ. I'm transforming you, God, God is saying, according to my glory. If you're going to be here and be in his presence and be a part, be a part of this body, even those of you that are watching by national television and around the world as I look into the camera. <laughs> one of those John Hagee moments. <laughs> we visited Cornerstone Church a few years back. He said, now Pastor Hagee will be greeting everyone at a little fellowship. We'll have cookies and punch for everybody if you'd like to go back and meet Pastor Hagee. So Madeline and I decided and our, the kids were with us and so we got in the line. We were waiting. And so we were next in line as soon as the people he was greeting walked off and he, he looked at me and I was standing about as far as from here to Joe and he, he looked at me and he said, well, hello, preacher. I was kind of astonished. I'd never met John Hagee. He said, I said, Pastor Hagee, how did you know I was a preacher? He said, I can smell him a mile away. <laughs> I just thought, well, it's the essence of his glory. Hmm? Hmm? Oh, boy, have we got room for improvement? Notice what they were doing in the book of Acts. When people needed healing, they needed, they needed deliverance from demonic manifestation, all kinds of demons that were manifested. They got Peter, and his, they said, just let your shadow pass over them. Just let your shadow pass over them, and they're going to be healed. They're going to be transformed they're going to be delivered and set free. Boy, have we got some work? Let me tell you something. When we don't even have to lay hands on people, just let your shadow pass over them. <laughs> oh, wow. We got some, have we got some work to do, community, at Heart of the Father? Yeah. God wants to take us into some new dimensions of transformation where the essence of his power and glory and all these doing. Listen to this. There is a season coming when we as a community of spirit-filled believers Cry out for more of him. Are we doing that here right now? When we begin to do that, he says, God is going to honor that, and we will see his glory begin to manifest in ways that are beyond human comprehension. So when God begins to do things around here that you don't understand, you've got a context for it now. It's beyond human comprehension, but God is manifesting by the Holy Spirit His glory revealed. It will be full of mystery. It will be full of uncertainty. And get a hold of this, because a lot of preachers don't preach this because we just sometimes want Dr. Feelgood. Can I come home with you right now? We want to just come and feel good and have our spiritual ego stroked, do a little praising, but we never want engage and encounter 
that leads to consecration and transformation. But God is saying here, I want to do some things. I want to do some things among you that when they begin to begin to, begin to manifest, it's okay. Elders, I hope I'm okay by saying this, so correct me if I'm wrong. Okay? It's okay to make a mistake. Because sometimes... And I'm going to tell you something. Even the best of those who are out there prophesying have gotten it wrong. I.e. the 2020 election. Hello? Not casting stones. I'm just saying this. Sometimes we get it wrong. So when God begins to manifest, and what that does is the enemy takes the opinions of man. Well, they shouldn't have been doing that. That wasn't anointed. That's not of God. Why did they come to church dressed like that? Opinions, 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 opinions. Someone very close to me who shall remain nameless to protect the innocent said to me, Honey, Why don't you consider, when you preach tomorrow, wearing a suit and tie? The opinions of men. She even took it a step deeper and drilled down it a little deeper, and she said, well, after all, Barry will probably wear a suit next Sunday for Father's Day. I'm good. Barry says I'm good. I may take my coat off before this is over. Sometimes we'll get it wrong because the opinions of man will be used against us to try to shut us down. Aren't you glad for the liberty of the Holy Spirit that God can speak to us as a body of believers, a community? that's on the anvil where he's hammering out and he's beating it out like a blacksmith takes a piece of iron and sharpens it into a tool and an instrument that can be used for the benefit and good of others. Aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit can speak to us by the Holy Ghost and say, body of believers at Hot FM, here are the things I want to show you. Here's what the Spirit is saying to the church about your conduct and how you should live before this world in this present age. Hallelujah. God's going to move us beyond the limitations of our traditions. Everybody in here has got tradition. You've got traditions. Well, I think it ought to be done this way. I think we ought to do it this way. I think the order of worship ought to be done this way. I wish they'd sing some of the old songs. Well, we just did this morning. You heard one. Living by faith. Now practice it. 
There's a good one. Live by faith and practice it. He's going to move us beyond our limitations and our traditions. Whenever the Holy Ghost shows up, glory happens. Listen to this. And uncomfortableness. That's a big word. Uncomfortableness. He's going to shake you out of your comfort zone. Glory happens. Uncomfortableness is not far behind. I feel the rain. I feel the rain. You hear it? Feel it falling down on me. Uncomfortableness. Todd Bolsinger, who's a, a, a great author about, he writes about change that's coming to the church. Quoted another leader, he made this statement. People don't resist change. They resist loss. People don't resist change. I had a college friend that said one time, he used to write songs for me to sing. He'd take James Joyce poetry and set it to music, and I got to sing it everywhere. We'd go around, he'd play for me. His name was Eric, a Vietnam veteran. He wrote some beautiful, beautiful music. And he said to me, he called me Ran. He said, Ran, the only thing constant is change. Change is coming to your life. It's constant. It's going to be consistent. And you don't resist change. What you resist is loss. What that means is, and I, we all do this. I don't resist change. I resist what's going to be lost when the change occurs. Every time you and I move through change, we have to have a bigger no than the current yes we're responding to. How many get that? You have to have a bigger no than the current yes you're responding to. There's some things that you're saying yes to that are holding you in bondage. And it's going to require change. But are you willing to lose that? Paul said, I counted everything as loss for the sake of knowing Christ. He went on to, he used descriptive terms there. I use, I, I use the clean version. Now, now let's just get down in the trenches. And he said, I counted everything as dung. I counted it all as dung. Because what Christ, the excellency of knowing Christ and what he wants me to know by revelation of the Holy Spirit that he's deposited in me is going to require a response to the change that he's bringing. Change that involves saying no to some yes I shouldn't be saying yes to. Stop saying yes to the thing that's holding you in bondage. Stop saying yes to the thing that you're, in, that you're struggling with. You got to say no. I tell this nameless person that I protect because of her innocence. Sometimes... You're too sweet and you're too kind and you just can't say no to anybody. You say yes. There's sometimes, there are some things in your life, this is okay. Say no to the flesh. 
Say no to the devil. Say no to the opinions of men. Unless they're speaking the truth of God's word concerning you. Is that okay? I mean, that's just, that's just the way. That's just good preaching. That's devil skedaddling preaching. That'll get the devil out of your life when you start saying no to the things of the flesh that you're struggling with. That's where real change occurs. Humans, as humans, we don't like the change, not because we're resistant to it, but because when we say no, we know there's some things we're going to lose. There's some things we're going to lose. That is the intersection of change. Where the end and the beginning meet. The end. The end of my old life. The end of being blinded to the things that God has prepared for me. If any man be in Christ, he's a new. Say that with me. New. You're new. Creation. The old thing has passed away and behold. In other words, look at it. Look at all that God has prepared for you. Behold, all things are becoming new. Hallelujah. Let me hasten. I'm going to unpack these and you... I'm going to depend on the Holy Spirit to get them, get them through to you, and he will. But in, 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 in later messages, if, if the elders invite me back to, to speak again, we'll, we'll, we'll just understand this. There's Bible for everything I'm about to give you. It's not my opinion. But here's the, here are matters of opinion by God concerning you. In other words, you have this treasure, 2 Corinthians 4, 7, you have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing power of the greatness of God can be, be possessed in our earth house and not from ourselves. Matters of opinion, God concerning you. Glory. Here's some definitions. As I move through these, just see if the Holy Spirit highlights one of these in your spirit this morning. Glory, the radiated manifestation of God's self-opinion. And I know somebody's thinking, so let me, let me get, go ahead and give it to you. You're thinking, boy, I wish he had these definitions up on the screen this morning. Well, I thought of that yesterday. <clears throat> I, we should have these up on the screen. And we will. And if you want to get the outline or there's some of, the, some of the things I'm giving out that you want to get a hold of and the Holy Spirit works that out in your spirit, come see me. I'll give it to you. Glory, the radiated manifestation of God's self-opinion of me. God's opinion of me. Faith, the act of embracing God's 
opinion above and over the evidence of every other opinion I can see. Mercy. God refusing to join me in my opinion of me above his opinion of me. Confession. The point at which I embrace God's opinion of me above my opinion of me. I embrace God's opinion of me above my opinion of me. Repentance. Here's a good one. I've always said this. We have in Pentecostal charismatic circles, this word is a word we have, have a tough time with. Repentance. We can repent for all kind of other stuff, but when it comes, it gets right down to the nitty-gritty. I've got to repent for me. I've got to confess. I've got to repent. Repentance. My first act and evidence of God's opinion of me replacing my opinion of me. Replacing my opinion of me. Sin. Listen to this. Go this goes deep. Finding my identity anywhere in anything other than God's opinion of me. You look at anybody that's out living a lifestyle of sin, they're embracing others' opinion of them above God's opinion. They're, as the old country song says, I was looking for love in all the wrong places. Judgment. God allowing me the choice of living in my opinion of me above his opinion of me. God will let you do that. It's your choice. Temptation. When an opinion other than God's opinion is presented for my consideration, there's no temptation overtaken you, but such as is common to man. But God, who is plenteous in mercy, will make a way for you to escape. Philippians 1, he that's begun a good work in you will bring it to completion. He's faithful to do that. Deception, the point at which I begin to listen to and entertain an opinion other than God's. Is not this fruit beautiful to look upon? And you know the day that you eat it, you'll become like God. You'll be like God. I'm listening to an opinion other than the opinion of God. I'm beginning to entertain it. Fear. The state of mind created by a deceived opinion of God's opinion of me. State of mind. Whose mind is stayed upon him, he said, I'll keep in perfect peace. Deception, fear, hiding. The effect of a fear-formed opinion. The effect of a fear-formed opinion. Encouragement. 
when I speak God's opinion above my opinion to myself and to others. When I speak God's opinion of me to myself and to others. Grace, the power of God's opinion unleashed, pushing back against the force of sin in this world and in my life. Truth, the return to unhiddenness. Truth, the return to unhiddenness. God, you see me just the way I am. I'm not perfect. I don't have it all together. But I want to know holy. I want to know truth. I want to come out of hiding. Who told you? Who told you you were naked? Oh, we sewed leaves together. Who told you? What voice are you listening to? What voices are you listening? Are you listening to the voice of God? I love it in this body when I hear say, hear people say, I heard the Lord say. I heard the Lord say. I hear the voice of the Lord. When we're exhorted by our leaders, God is calling us to consecration. He's calling us to commitment. He's calling us to community. Don't separate yourself. You're not an island. You need fellowship. I don't know that this has ever been said in a service, but I want to look square into the camera this morning and say to some that are watching, you can't do it alone. You need fellowship. You need community. You need the house of the Lord. You, you need the transforming power that's being released in this house. There's an environment and an atmosphere of change that is happening among we believers. And it's manifesting in the areas of healing and the miraculous and bondages being broken. And we extol and lift up and edify and magnify the name of Jesus. Why? Because he is greater than the problem. He is the answer. He is the source. He is the one that makes all things new. Truth. I'm returning to unhiddenness. Break me, Lord. What happens when I'm broken? Things spill out. Things are going to come out of your life that God says needs to go. Needs to go. I hear these TV preachers say that sometimes that the Lord spoke this to me this morning and said, I don't know who I'm preaching to. The Lord said this morning, he said, tell them you know who you're preaching to. I know who I'm preaching to. I'm preaching to me. I'm preaching to you. I'm releasing an imparted word that says, Lord, whatever it is that needs to get out, Whatever things I've been saying yes to that I need to say no to, I'm receiving, I'm the recipient of your Holy Spirit's power and anointing, the grace and the mercy and the truth and the love 
of the transforming power of God to push back against the forces of the devil, push back against my own flesh. What did we hear this morning? Beloved, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us and let's go a step further. Run with patience the race set before us, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher or perfecter of our faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, I heard that. I'm just... Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Holy. I want to know holy. The indivisible nature of the source of the divine opinion. The indivisible nature. God's not the author of confusion. He bring, he'll, he's going to bring everything that's caused confusion or doubt or unbelief. He's going to bring it all together into his divine opinion and his divine nature. Get a hold of this. You can't have holy without love and love without holy. Love meets me where I am. Holy takes me where I need to go. Holy is taking you where you need to go. Hallelujah. The power of the Holy Spirit. Holy is indeed the substance of love, but love is the function of holy. You function by the love of God at work in your life. When you offer holy without love, it becomes rigid legalism. You become legalistic. And that legalism can crush people. But love will redeem us. Love transforms us. Love brought him to the cross, but holy brought him out of the grave. You want to experience the glory of his resurrection power? You're going to have to have holy. Is this making sense to anybody this morning? Hallelujah. I've got some more, but I'm, 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 I'm feeling constrained of the Holy Spirit because of where we are in the, in the time. But if you will, let's, let's just stand together. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. Break us. Melt us. Mold us. Fill us. Fill us with your power. Fill us with your presence. 
burn hot with inside of us even when we're on the anvil of shaping. You are shaping our worth. You are teaching us that your presence is to be valued more than life itself, for you are our life. We only are complete when we are in you. And yes, do what you spoke by your spirit this morning, O Lord. Transform us. And yes, Lord, we know in part what we're saying, but you will reveal the fullness of it. Transform us according to your glory. Heal us according to your glory. Comfort us according to your glory. There are hearts this morning who are grieving, hearts that are broken that need the transforming comfort of the Holy Spirit, the only one who can give peace, the Prince of Peace. There are those who need healing. There are those who need to repent and need salvation. There are those who need to confess Anything that it's holding a higher opinion about you other than God's opinion of you. Because again, he seems to think you're worth the blood of his son Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you are indeed writing your word upon our hearts. Write it with indelible ink that can't be washed away. Write it there so deep that it transforms us from glory to glory to glory. That it's never ending on this journey until one day we'll step into the eternal realm of your presence and we'll be shot through from head to toe with a massive dose of your glory called transfiguration a glorified body likened to the one that Jesus manifested on the Mount of Transfiguration do it Lord do it in this body, in us and through us, by your Holy Spirit, as only you can do it, as only he can do it, as only he wills to do it. Hallelujah. 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 The only way this happens is if you say, Lord, I'm a recipient. I receive. 
I receive your word. I receive the authority of your word. I receive the transforming power of your word because your word does not lie. It speaks a better word. It speaks a transforming word. It's a powerful word. And it's for you. Everyone under the sound of my voice, this word's for you. Stop. I'm, I'm, I want to say this. I, I feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Stop. Stop. Stop it. Stop halting between the opinions of man. Stop listening to what man has to say about you because it is only tearing down and destroying the identity that God has available for your consideration to step into today. Change has come. This is the time where the end of the old life stops. And you stop saying yes to the old life and you say, no, I'm stepping into the new life that God has prepared for me. I'm going to listen to his opinion of me. His opinion. His opinion. His truth. His word. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did anybody get this word this morning? Did we get it? Hallelujah. Chew on it. There's some meat here. I tried to grind it up and mix in a little milk with it. But God's maturing this body. There's, God is discipling this body. And you need, Paul said, you've been on milk long enough, some of you. I realize there's some babes in Christ among us that still need milk. Still, you still need some food that we can grind. But Paul said, by now, you ought to be eating meat. Get on the meat of the word. Begin to grow up in Christ and begin to execute the plan that Christ has called you to. You're consecrated. You're committed. You're a community. You're believers. You're on fire. You've been set apart. You're holy. Now go forth and do the work that God's commissioned you to do. In Jesus' name. Receive it. Amen. I love you. God bless you.